This is People Who Play, a show about the art of playful living. I'm Emma Warrillow, researcher, writer and part-time mermaid. And I'm Ben Martin, content creator and nostalgia junkie. Every episode we discuss family life, playtime and we interview a guest who has found a way to play at life. From creatives to educators to comedians, our aim is to inspire more grown-ups to grow down and unleash their unique play powers. If you'd like to join our play crew and find more inspiration and info on play, follow at playful underscore den on Instagram. And for all your retro feels, find me on Instagram at benflyingretro. I'm on there too, at Emma Warrillow, E-M-M-A, W-O-R-R-O-L-L-O, really. This podcast drops bi-weekly on Mondays, but if that's not enough to get your playful vibes vibing, you can also join my Patreon for £5 a month and you'll get a personal pod from me, which drops alternate Mondays. Plus, you can now watch the video interviews of our guests directly in there too. We really do appreciate all your likes, subscribes, follows and shares. These digital high fives really mean a lot to us and help us to grow the show. Okay, let's get on with the episode. It's playtime. Let it go, let it go. What's Hi, Hi Ben. What's that? Um, frozen? That's frozen, yeah. It's on my mind. It's summer, Emma. It's on my mind because I had a card reading yesterday. Well, and... hello everyone, welcome to the show. <laughs> Straight in. And uh, I've got to release. What is that? Tarot's? I don't know what I'm releasing. Tarot cards? Oracle. Oracle cards. Mm. Always makes me think of um, Roger Moore and Live and Let Die with the tarot cards. Don't know that scene. Don't you? Oh, okay. <laughs> it sort of scares me how often you refer to Roger Moore. Yeah, he's, my, he's a role model. That's so bad, isn't he? <laughs> well, that is... When you're a child of the 80s, Emma... Yeah. That is your role model, mm. and Sylvester Stallone and, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Someone should do an essay on that because. <laughs> yeah. When <laughs> people say like sum up your generation, it's it's Rambo, divorces, and Gulf War. Yeah. <laughs> is that fair? It's a triple threat. Everyone, hello, welcome to the show. We just did a professional intro. I hope you liked that intro. It was bonkers trying to record that. that we should have released the bloopers as this episode. <sighs> wow. You've got to... We started doing the King's Speech. I was trying to get you to enunciate into the microphone. Well, your problem is you kept telling me that my... You're no good. That my... <laughs> I was gulping and that my you were you get you were doing was in the wrong you were doing big gulps before you started that are impossible to edit out like a goldfish yeah right now listeners listen to this and tell me what you think I don't know how you're gonna tell me what you think because this is radio but that is the sound of your childhood that's a Nesquik wow I was in the car the other day and it hit me that I have not had Nesquik for maybe 15 to 20 years and I remedied that. Well, no, I was in the supermarket and you had all these texts coming through. Nesquik! Nesquik! Yeah, why don't we drink Nesquik? Can I tell you that it took me so long to find that Nesquik and I wasn't even going into the supermarket. I was just doing a quick click and collect and I was cursing you around those aisles really <laughs> because i wasn't intending to go in there and that nesquik what aisle do you think that was in what aisle 
guess. Good question. Where does that feature? Yep, yep. Is it near? Is it near the um, milk? Because it requires milk. It was near the coffee. Yeah, fairs. I checked the cereal. By the way, this show is not brought to you by Nestle or Nesquik. Or or last episode, Super Noodles. We're a picture of health. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was by the coffee, but I went to the cereal and then I went to the sort of baking bit. And I was like, where is this Nesquik? And then I thought maybe they don't make it anymore. Oh God, it's so good. It's so good. And one issue, my God, you get through milk. Yeah, they've got a new tagline, I noticed. I think this is what it says. Yeah, they want you to have it in the morning. Do you know what their tagline is? Wake up your inner, wake up your genius or something like that. How's that going for you? I don't know, but I never really thought of it as a morning drink. I'm not sure it's waking up your genius because you nearly had an actual life meltdown when you built that playhouse the other day. (laughs) Yeah, I burnt my bum. I burnt my bum in the sun that. was actually that. a really funny um, anecdote. Can we tell it? Go for it. So we are doing, I'm doing a little children's corner in the garden that I've been doing for about 2,800 months. Yeah, <laughs> um, and a small bank loan. <laughs> it's an ongoing project. Um, and we have a playhouse for Scout that I wanted to get and paint it and just like, it's like a whole house renovation. Um, and it arrived, obviously, flat pack and... Um, you were assigned to build it. Yeah, but it's not flat pack like IKEA. No. It um you had to what's the word? Pilot holes. Oh right. That's where, you know, if you get something from IKEA, the holes where you screw into are already drilled. Yeah. Lovely. Can you imagine when that doesn't happen? Yeah, that's a nightmare. And you don't have a drill. The stress. I had to go and ask the neighbour borrow. You do have a drill. Yeah, but it's a big, big power drill. You need something you can hold in one hand. Anyway, I think it was when you realised that you also needed a saw. You, yep, you're... they didn't do... There was cutting to be done. It was ridiculous. It took so... It took the whole day. I didn't enjoy any of it. I had no satisfaction when it was built. So I was in a foul mood, let's be honest. And yeah. I had my top off. And I just... I just refused... I didn't, I didn't put sunscreen on. Like an idiot. And I knew I was burning, but I was... I've got this thing. I can't multitask i can't even i can't do two any two things so if i'm building that i was like why don't you just go inside and put sunscreen on yeah you're very like couldn't because that would lose time on the task yeah i anyway when i came back i was like this is a man spiraling and i was like hey ben just don't worry about it why don't you use task rabbit yeah insult i was like and you were like what's task rabbit for anyone that doesn't know task rabbit is kind of like uber for jobs so you can sort of hire people that can do um can like build furniture and stuff for an hourly rate and i gave you this site and you it was like you turned golden you were like ah why have you never told me about this before and then i was like you know don't stress because i see you were getting quite a state i was like you know just i know you've got work on like just don't get yourself stressed use task rabbit and i left you with this discovery of task rabbit like it was this kind of this treasure chest and then like i came back a few hours later and you were just still building it let me tell you something and sweating yeah let me tell you something that was a crossroads in my life no it was serious i had the task rabbit app and i had this guy i could see his face and i was like why am i gonna pay this guy i was like i can do this task if i use this app and spend i don't know it probably been like over 100 quid i reckon 
I was like, what is that? What does that say about me? I was like, have we gotten to this point where I can't even, you know, I can't be bothered to do that? And I was like, no, your life's going to spiral if you use this guy. <laughs> so I went to the neighbour, I knocked on his door, I got his drill, I got his saw, and I went to town on that goddamn playhouse. I respect that. Yeah, I, I you thought... Got, you got demasculinated by a picture of a man on TaskRabbit. Emasculinated. Good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I mean, I just, I just honestly, I could not be bothered to do it. It was a horrible job you gave me there. There was nothing fun about it. Even talking about it now is kind of making me <laughs> kind of just like, oh, You're going God. a bit pale, but I didn't know if yeah. that was an <laughs> Well, well done. I, I, you know, you did that and you've done a, a solid build. Yeah, that spill, oh, that was not flat pack. It was, it was almost like construction. Right, I've got a new structure for this section, Ben, because quite frankly, it's a shambles. Ah, sorry, I'm just finishing off my Nesquik. It's not very nice for the listeners. Banana flavour. Wake, wake up, you're in a genius. Also, the chocolate um, still doesn't mix, by the way. Did it ever? No. Did you not know that was their thi- the oh, thing? Oh, yeah, it had bits in it. Yeah, it had bits. Still does. But not the banana. Hundreds of scientists can't make chocolate Nesquik mix. Or build a playhouse. Yeah. <laughs> so the new structure for this intro bit, we're going to do uh, a quick family catch-up. Right. We're going to ask each other what we're playing, because this is a show about playing and inspiring grown-ups to play so we're going to talk about what we've got on at the moment okay and then um, we're going to talk about today's topic and in the future we'd also like your questions guys we would like your talking points what you'd like our opinions on if you've got any like agony aunts I mean don't rely too much on us to solve things but (laughs) if you want to send us scenarios questions things that we can give our opinion on send them in you can um send them to directly on our instagrams or hello at people who play dot com that was a big gulp <laughs> uh, and we will answer them um so family catch up how's how's how are you how's uh, the kids what's uh, going on this week well me and phoenix are preparing for a big skate trip so i've been trying to get him lots of summer clothes and i have bought a lot of the stranger things quicksilver collab range but I've been having size issues, so I've bought about three pairs of the same shorts. And no online companies do exchanges, so you have to send everything back and buy it again. I love how this is your, First I got, this is your family news. Yeah, it's big family news. First I got a 33-inch waist, didn't fit. Then I went to the 34, and I ended up on 36. Wowzers. I haven't got a 36 waist, I just like to wear things on my hips. Anyway, yeah. me and Phoenix are dressed head-to-toe in Stranger Things gear. So yeah. we look like a blast of... Well, it's more 90s, it looks like, doesn't it? It's pretty wild. I love it. Um, we have been watching Stranger Things, me, you and Phoenix. Yes. Stranger Things 4. It's the best, it's the greatest TV show ever made. It's incredible. It's so, so good. Volume 2 dropping July 1st. Also, this pod is not brought to you by <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> Silver. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's interesting um, watching a show like that with um, a kid. Like, because obviously I've, I, I never ever, I don't think, remember watching any kind of yeah, thriller or Phoenix horror is... or like that with parents. It's quite, it's quite fun. I mean, this isn't, by the way, this isn't us saying uh, Phoenix is twelve. Um, obviously, 
everyone's a bit different with what kids what's suitable for different kids and stuff but phoenix has followed this show from the beginning i think the first episode we were all quite scared but i think after that it's gone yeah, yeah there's no fear anymore because i find the things are scarier when you don't see the monster like, yeah it's pretty zany yeah when you don't see it and it's more like creepy and spooks and scares it's more scary but this oh, yeah. is like you you very much see the upside down so i think there's that's... no um there's no issue with phoenix watching this at all no not from you know the thing is with all, with all that stuff is like when do you let them watch stuff because there's there's cool lessons and i feel like there's more good in things than i think it's very bad. like child specific and age, yeah. age isn't always reflective of like maturity um, yeah and also what other things that you've been exposed to and kind of context and stuff i think it's quite personal but i yeah. love watching stuff together though but i don't want to watch like michael mcintyre's saturday funhouse oh, well well done for just offending all of his fans <laughs> <laughs> me and indy love watching glow up that's what we're really into we're watching at the moment it's so nice when you find a show that like both of you are like genuinely interested in like the dynamic of co-viewing and sort of sharing something together yes is so it's really nice and like all these shows can like spark these conversations and these connections and create these memories and stranger things is one of those franchises where you can go fully into fandom um and i love experiencing fandom with your kids it's so fun it is and i don't really like binging it either so you can talk about it in between episodes and like get really excited about watching the next one it's nice yeah i find it really interesting how there's so much um interest in like nostalgic aesthetic which obviously emma (laughs) i love an aesthetic (laughs) which appeals to us because it was like our childhood but it also appeals to this new generation who didn't experience it like there's some shows like um sex education is a good example yeah they have got they are channeling an insane aesthetic on that show but it's like is it it's It's like like old worldy because it's meant to be present time but they've got like um like phones like landlines and um, yes they've got vinyl so they've got all and their, their high school looks like a high school that would have been in like an 80s movie yes and it's it's perpetually sunny and blue sky yeah <laughs> it feels like an else world or something yeah it's very it's very clever i also noticed that um turning red which is disney's film um about the girl who's kind of coming yes. of age and it's kind of around the themes of like starting your period and things like that i love that film in that as well like they've got flip phones and tamagotchis mm. and like it's this kind of like 90s aesthetic and i was thinking about that and i don't know if it's because like the aesthetic of now if you think about it's sterile it's sterile well and also you what it, it would just be a fu- everything, everything would be a phone. would be a phone fest yeah you don't want to watch just people on their phones yeah and it's not as like um social it doesn't lend itself as much to these sort of organic social interactions Oh, God, is now rubbish. (laughs) 
Well, <laughs> does every generation say that, or, or is it actually do. a bit? I think naff? they do. And recently, I've been thinking because obviously you're Mr. Nostalgia and still have one foot in the eighties. Can I just say I'm not nostalgic? I am not nostalgic about. It's not necessarily my childhood. I I, I like aesthetics. That's what well, I'm a, into. It's a I'm feel into and a mood, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. It's not even time specific. But that's what I mean about that. That aesthetic, I think, cues um, freedom. Like if you think about Stranger Things, out on their bikes with their walkie-talkies, it's very like exploring freedom, discovery. Mm. Whereas like now, I feel like it's more like. Big Brother enclosed, um, kind mm. of at home, um, on devices, on networks, and that's that aesthetic isn't as it's not as exciting. No, but that's what that's is that what being a kid is like now? You, you just come home from school, you hit up TikTok, and you just start swiping your face off. <laughs> For some kids, yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, what? How is that good? Because I thought, because with Stranger Things, I think Phoenix loves, um, you know, that I like the way that they go out on their bikes and into the woods and have all that freedom and stuff isn't is not his experience of childhood. I think that still does happen depending on where you live and if you live near your friends and depending on your environment and stuff. I'm not saying no one does that, but um, I noticed like he started going out on his bike more and he like put his skateboard in his bag and went off on his I know, BMX. he looked pure Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah, that's really nice. <laughs> it is really nice. Um, what part of the structure is this? Family catch-up. Right. Very Stranger Things based. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Okay, so let's move on to what are we playing? What's going on in your play world at the moment? Oh, can you go first? Okay. Um, I am... Well, I'm doing this part of the garden. That's kind of what I'm into um, at the moment. So I've been painting the playhouse. Um, I love to have a creative project on the go. It really does... I don't know. It gives me a a spring in my step. Um, Does it? Yeah, it really does. I like thinking about it and... You know, I like, because I work from home, I can like go out and do a bit of painting. I love doing that. So I've been enjoying doing that. And I'm also, um, I've just started weightlifting. Right. Yeah. Olympics coming up or? Yeah. <laughs> getting, that, <laughs> getting that bronzer on. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, you, you're upset. You really want to get into weights. Really want to get into weights. I want to feel strong. Strong is the new pretty. Yeah, that was last episode. <laughs> <laughs> well good for you ems um i've been i me and indy and her friend raffi we did a fashion reel your listen, your listeners may have seen it yeah it was great so that was a real night that was a release of creativity for me i haven't done anything for a while content wise so that was really fun so i put that together but when i was putting it together i was editing i, I probably sat down for about 10 hours straight i've really hurt my coccyx oh yeah, so out of play has come pain. <laughs> You've got a creative injury. I know. But. but doing that has made me thirsty to just keep going and, and not have as long a break before I do another little project. Yeah. Although me and Phoenix, when we go away, we're going to be, I'm going to be creating daily reels. So me and Phoenix are going to LA to skate for like 10 days and we're going to make... Uh, real every day so you guys can follow the adventure so cool i'm really excited for you because you've had a really intense 
couple of years um, doing a lot of dadding with Scout. So I'm excited for you to have a really big break of not being on toddler watch. Yeah, I'll be on Phoenix watch. Yeah, because I know one of the things that you sometimes you know, get a little bit frustrated with is because Scout requires so much attention. We don't have as much space to give the bigger kids. Sometimes I miss the bigger ones. Yeah. Sometimes I do. Yeah. I think one-on-one adventures are... Because Scout is obviously the nucleus of the the family. He's the centre. Yeah. And also nuclear. He's (laughs) he's the sun that we spin around. And, you know, he he does require the pecking order. Is You know, he's first, isn't he? Yeah. He basically rules the house. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> King Scout. Um, that's really exciting. Um, so today's topic... Um, have you not got a question? I haven't got a question because this is a new feature. So I haven't right. got a question. Okay. Um, but hopefully we'll have one next week. Yeah. Um, We're gonna, are we, I will be recording that from LA. Yeah. We're going to do a remote one. We're going to do a remote. Oh, I'll miss you. I'm not going to see you for ages. Yeah, you're going to Amsterdam. I know, I'm on a work trip. God, jet sets. What is this life that we're living? I don't know. I would also say this is very unusual. <laughs> well, let's make it usual. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, yeah, I know, so I'm not going to see you for how long? 20 days or something? Yeah. I'm actually, because we're having, so you're going away with Phoenix, so my holiday I'm having this year just with Indy. So me and Indy are going to Crete. Oh, it's week. the new family time. To be, but we've had two, like we've done like two family holidays. And we but, went to Ibiza and we went to Lisbon. But okay, now we're just sounding like absolute. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> no, well, no, we are catching up on travel. We're very lucky to travel, um, but it's it's a passion of ours. We love to travel, um, and we didn't do it for two and a half years, so um, we're cramming it in. Um, getting it when we can but I actually kind of am excited about this summer structure of the separate holidays no one seems to have volunteered to go on holiday with Scout let's not tell him he's not getting his special holiday (laughs) every day's a holiday for him but I think with um the lockdown and stuff we've spent so much time together and so much time in this house and one of the kind of rhythms of our lifestyle that has been sort of flushed away with covid and all that jazz um is as like missing each other and like being separate and having some time apart which i know um some people really don't like but i think for us as a family there was something that added a burst of energy when i would go away on like a work trip um and then come back and we would catch up and yeah it's a big high yeah and and also just like missing one another and having like stories to to tell each other whereas when you're so like in it all together it can quite easily become just like the humdrum of life and your conversations can just become about routine and school uniform and yeah you definitely get old quick like that yeah so I think actually sort of going off and like it's cool because you're doing that with Phoenix and that's kind of like your interests and you'll have your own thing and then I think it's going to be really interesting to see what it does to the sort of rhythm and dynamic of the family I think it's going to bring some new energy yeah well do you know I haven't worn my wedding ring since Lisbon I found it this morning and I put it on felt weird I thought you were telling me something then (laughs) (laughs) and I was like gee I haven't worn this for ages but anyway that's marriage (laughs) 
take that one. <laughs> um, so we're going to discuss the theme of our guest as well. So um, today's guest is... <laughs> Talking to the microphone. Is Rachel Jackson. You will know her on Instagram as Banyan Bridges. So go check her out at Banyan Bridges. She is an artist who creates these amazing colourful murals. They're so inspiring, so beautiful. Um, And following the birth of her children, um, Rachel became really interested in renovation and design. She's really obsessed with old houses made new and old items made new and putting paint all over the world, uh, all over the walls. Um, She does custom murals for her clients using bold, colourful designs um, and has a range of merch as well because she's become so popular um, and her designs have become um, something I think that a lot of people have been inspired to do themselves. She uses a lot of like stripes um, and sort of swirly shapes um, along walls and I loved her story as you will hear because um, it was sparked out of a period of postnatal depression where she started playing with art with tiles and with paint and now it's like you know it's grown into her whole business and we have in this discussion uh, a really nice chat about interiors and home design um so i thought we would before we um invite um rachel into this pod talk about our home and our journey with interiors Mm, i love interior design um i i this house we kind of took it room by room didn't we and we 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 had a pinterest for each one but they are kind of all tied together nicely. But it's it's almost a shame when it... Because we're done now. We we don't have anything left to interior design, do we? We're not done. But we're not... Are we quite... Sometimes I feel like I've got very different taste to you. So that is different in, when you're dealing with a family home. Because yeah. it's like... Oh, obviously, we different like different... Way. We do like different things sometimes. I feel like we always have a good compromise, though. Not, it's not necessarily actually a compromise. I feel like we always just, either one of us gets onboarded into onto one another's yeah. vision. It's, it is addictive and it can be very expensive. It's an expensive hobby. It, it really but is. But it doesn't have to be. And taking small areas of the house, because we've done quite a lot of the... Um, the sort of bigger work now. I'm like more interested in like little corners. That yeah, you nooks. Can, yeah, and, and it makes such a difference. Um, and I love like space hacking and mm. particularly like maximizing any like tiny little nooks you or like tiny little nooks so much because it can make such an impact and also because i think you know we lived in london for 10 years and we had really small spaces particularly when we had two kids um, mm. and a really small space so you have to space hack. you've got to work the problem you've yeah. got to think your way out of and that actually little nook. you can get even more creative with i mean creativity thrives when you put um constrictions there because you have to think around them so I enjoy the challenge of space hacking so that's why I've this little corner in the garden um has been a really fun play project for me because it's such a weird shape and Mm. it wasn't used and it was just like this odd corner and by the time I finished with it it's like a triangle in 2032 it's a long project Uh, by the time I finish with it, it's going to completely add this new little dimension. So I think, yeah, it, it it can be overwhelming and big, but I think you just focus on 
little corners it can be so enjoyable and manageable and more affordable i could definitely be ready to to do take another look at phoenix's room now he's a little bit older he could be you know maybe need an upgrade i don't know we bought this house in 2017 and it was um it was like a white box every single room was white um so in a way that was quite enjoyable because it was just a blank canvas yeah, that's what an, a room is like that. It's just like a canvas, isn't it? On with the guest. Let's find, Let's talk to someone who really knows about this stuff. <laughs> Here we go. Hello, Rachel. Welcome to the podcast. Oh my gosh. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I can't wait to dive into colour, art, creativity, your discovery of play. There's just, there's just endless things here for us <laughs> to chat about. I'm a big fan of your Instagram. I adore your work. I think it's so inspiring and you're just like this beacon of joy spreading. So I can't wait to get stuck in to your story. I do feel like before we start, I have to say that I have a habit of calling murals Muriels. <laughs> Why aren't they called that? That's so much better. <laughs> and I, I just feel like I, you know, I just need to say it now because it's going to happen. <laughs> I think about Muriel's wedding. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's get stuck in. So I um, am aware of your current business, which is amazing. I want to track back to you as a kid. I love digging into the play DNA of my guests. So were you painting on the walls as a kid or how did you play in your childhood? Um, You know, when I think about, I don't know, playing as a kid, um, I just had, I had rollerblades and I just kind of wandered around the neighborhood and would just get lost for like, you know, an hour or two by myself and, you know, uh, get scrape up all my knees and, um, explore that way. Um, I played with, um, dolls, like they're American girl dolls. Mm -hmm. Um, my friend had Barbies and I would get to play with her Barbies when I visited. Um, I like, I never considered myself an artistic creative person. Um, I like from a very young age, I had an aunt who would, um, who would kind of train me um, to want to be a doctor when I grew up. So every time she came over, she'd be like, hey, Rachel, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, you want to be a pediatrician, don't you? And I was like, yes, I do. And uh, I mean, like from the time I was like, I don't know, eight, I remember her talking about this. And so I just grew up like thinking that I wanted to be a doctor. And um, wow. Yeah. And so like, I just kind of always like gravitated more towards science like I have a degree in biology and chemistry um and like I remember as a kid talking to my little sister um who's you know like three or four years younger than me and she um she said she wanted to be an artist when she grew up and I remember thinking even as a kid I just like looked at her and thought oh honey you're never gonna make any money that way like Mm. that was my thought as like an 11 year old or something like so I don't know I kind of um I didn't, I just wasn't a super, I guess my creativity wasn't really um, encouraged as a kid in any particular way. It's so interesting, isn't it? How 
like influenced we are so young to take a trajectory that can affect a whole proportion of our career. It always astounds me. Um, I had an artist um, on the podcast, um, Muragaya, um, on an episode about creativity. And we similarly had a chat about how creativity and sort of art is seen so early in childhood as one of those things that like you've got it or you haven't. Yeah. And it's like, if you're good at drawing or you have a particularly obvious tangible skill, then maybe you'll be encouraged to pursue the arts. But if you don't, if you're not naturally sort of showing that in a kind of like gifted style, um, right. it's, it's unlikely that's going to be sort of unleashed from uh, kind of adults around you. Seems to be a lot of people's experience anyway that end up in the creative industries. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've like, I still like have a hard time saying that I am um, an artist, even though like that is how I make my living. Um, But because like when I take a pencil and paper, like I cannot make anything magical come out of it. You know, like you have people who are really great at like drawing and sketching and um, I'm just not one of those people. And in my head that, you know, that's, that's what a, um, an artist is. Yeah. It's almost like you don't, have the permission to take that title if you can't produce a perfect drawing because that's kind of what's reflected back to us isn't it because I am yeah I've kind of gone into more like creative strategy and more sort of creative thinking and concepts and ideas which is really in that arena of um yeah creativity but at school I absolutely adored art and creative play but you know, no one ever sort of nurtured or sort of teased that out of me because, you know, the skills were pretty like plinky plonky, (laughs) but but it's like the thinking behind it. So your, your art is so much also about the concept and like, you know, the story that you bring to it through color. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, I also just want to like take a minute to note that, picture that you described of like rollerblading around a neighborhood getting lost mm-hmm. and getting your knees scraped isn't that just the best feeling oh my gosh it really is I think about that now and I just like I think I need to buy some rollerblades <laughs> you do yeah mm-hmm. I have I have got into skating in my late 30s and it's been yeah. it's been brilliant um you know slightly slightly the, the bumps hurt a lot more your first oh my fall. gosh yeah, I'm sure <laughs> But just as you were describing it, it's just that feeling of like aimless wandering uh, and getting lost and that sort of not really having a purpose, which is the the sort of real essence of play. That just doesn't happen so much when you're a busy working parent and grown up with responsibilities. And as you were describing it, I was like, I love that feeling (laughs) of just meandering. Uh Getting into japes and scrapes, brilliant. Um, I love it. So did, um, what was your sort of um, career type background? Did you did you end up going into being a doctor? Did you follow that all the way through? Well, no. I So I grew up in a really conservative um, house and like culture. And um, I was just trained from like a young age that 
when I um, grew up, I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. Um, while at the same time, I was also being told that I should be a pediatrician. So it was some very conflicting messages there. Mm. So in my head, I was going to go to school to become a doctor. And then after I had my medical degree, I was just going to be a stay-at-home mom and I would be able to like take care of all my kids cuts and scrapes. Um, but wow. I mean, the realities of that, I mean, could you imagine like I'd have $400,000 of debt, um, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. looming over me. Um, so what happened was that I, um, I got married, um, when I was about 20 or about 25 ish. I can't remember. Um, <laughs> because I'm old. Um, so I got married and then I like, I already had my bachelor's degree um, in biology, like I said, and, um, and at that point I either needed to go on and do some grad school work, you know, either go to like nursing school or, you know, become a PA or a doctor or whatever it was, or, um, or I figured like, you know, or we start a family and I become a stay at home mom, but I needed to do something. And so, um, I started having kids, um, pretty early. Like, I think we had our first kid a year after we got married and, um, and then I, I had three kids, um, within about five years and, um, and it was kind of a long, like around then that I realized that being a stay at home mom was not the thing that like gave me life and wasn't the mm. thing that just made me shine. Um, and I know there are so many people who just thrive in that environment, mm. but I am just not that person. Mm. Um, so I started experimenting with different, um, different outlets. Um, like whenever my husband would go on business trips, I would just renovate a, an area of our room, like a small spot of our house. Um, so like the first time he left, I, um, retiled the fireplace and taught myself how to tile. And the second time he left, I, um, I don't know, like built a wood feature wall in our bedroom. And before this, I had never used a tool, like a power tool before. Um, but it was just like the thing I could do to like give myself like something to focus on and something to kind of stay sane with. And, um, and then I eventually started Banyan Bridges. Um, like, I guess that was like three years ago. And wow. Can I rewind to sure when you said the, you know, being a full time stay at home mom didn't turn out to be the thing that made you shine. I definitely really resonates with you um can I ask given that you were I don't know if this word is a bit strong but like kind of conditioned Mm -hmm. into uh, believing that was the role that you were kind of destined to take on did you have uh like how did you deal with the reality of when you got there and suddenly you were like oh this maybe isn't for me or this isn't enough for me I'm sure you had quite a lot of conflicting sort of thoughts as we all do did um so I mean I had postpartum depression after my um my second child was born she was born with down syndrome which was a surprise diagnosis and I also had a like a one-year-old um when she was born and she was in the hospital for a couple months before she could come home like there was just a lot of stuff going on and I anyway I had postpartum depression for a while and I mean that was like (laughs) I mean at that point I was just like anything to help me please um But so when I was growing up, my mom, you know, like I was taught that I was, I should be a stay at home mom. But at the same time, my mom was, um, she taught herself to be a general contractor and she was building homes. Like she was still like, 
at home technically because you know that's where she made all of her calls to the different contractors and you know scheduled all the you know home builds Mm -hmm. but but she built 14 houses you know Mm -hmm. while I was growing up and so I was getting these conflicting messages of like you should be a stay-at-home mom and like you know caring for your family is the most important thing in the world well at the same time my mom was um you know like she was building houses and she ran a business. She had a construction company. And so I think that like when I actually like tried out my hand and like became a stay at home mom, I realized pretty early that like I needed, I needed something else. And I realized that like, Oh, well my mom had something else too. And so Mm. like that was okay. Um, and actually I think even more than that, it, I kind of felt like I needed to be doing more because I saw her doing more. I mean, even when she was a full state at home mom, she still like, I don't know, she made some quiet books for kids. You know, they're like these like books that are made out of felt with like activities to like keep mm-hmm. you quiet in like church or in um, you know, like a restaurant, whatever. Anyway, she like started making these books and then she published a book on, you know, how to make these things. Like she was mm-hmm. always really mm-hmm. industrious and, um, and so I kind of felt pressure. Um, I, I felt pressure from like, you know, early on in my motherhood journey to be as like industrious as she was. Wow. Um, that's so interesting, isn't it? Those, those different kind of influences and, and conflicting messages. And do you think the, the jump to, start tiling <laughs> Did, was that um was that during your postpartum depression absolutely it was yeah okay yeah. so what and had you tried um because I'm a real sort of advocate for for play in the role mm-hmm. of mental health and I'm really curious if you tried other strategies as part of the postpartum depression and the impact that that particular strategy, embracing your creativity, playing, mm-hmm. kind of doing something uh, tactile, the influence that that made versus perhaps other strategies that you tried? Um, I honestly don't think that I tried many other things. I mean, it, my husband at one point suggested that I maybe go see a therapist. And at the time, I was like, like deeply offended that he would suggest such a horrible thing as going to therapy. I mean, like I see a therapist now like once a week because I just think it's like part of being a healthy adult. Um, But at the time I was so unfamiliar with therapy and like, you know, I really was like scandalized that he thought that I needed help. Um, And so, no, (laughs) I didn't try anything else. I mean, I would occasionally get a babysitter and, but like, but really I just was home. And, you know, deep in the caring for children. And yeah. it was just sad. Yeah. Yeah. That's really sad, isn't it? That your the, the sort of the stigma or, or, or the yeah. sort of pressure, pressure that you're meant to be able to do this and enjoy it meant that your reaction to getting therapy was shame. It breaks my heart. Thinking back to like that Rachel who was just so sad and I mean, just obviously needed so much help, you know, just thinking yeah. that like, oh, like it would have been so helpful for me to have therapy at the time. Yeah, absolutely. So mm-hmm. talk to me about the, uh, let's just call it the magical fireplace, <laughs> the, the start, the start of your journey with your creativity. Tell me a bit about how it felt doing that first project and the impact that it had on you. Because I'm assuming that 
you know, when you did that, you weren't thinking, I'm going to start a mural business. It was, <laughs> just gosh, like, right? <laughs> it was just play, right? You just did it for it was. no other reason than pleasure for fun. So it was pure play. So tell me a bit about like the impact that it had on you and how it made you feel. Well, so my mother-in-law came down for like the day where she was passing through or something. And she offered to watch my kids for me for a couple hours. So I knew that there was this random tile outlet in Portland that I could go and visit. And um, I went back there and like, it's this really expensive, beautiful tile company, but they have this little outlet in the back with a bunch of their seconds. And all of that is sold for a dollar a pound. And um, it. Anyway, like, so you, you never know what you're going to find there. And so I was in the back and I um, was looking at all the different types of tile and like, you know, I found one that could work. And my first thought was like, okay, well that now I need to like, you know, go home and think about it and like, you know, like kind of wait, like, you know, like make some measured decision. And, and then like, I just had this thought that was like, well, why, you know, like, why not this tile and why not right now? And so I just decided that this tile was good enough. And so I bought it and I brought it home. And, um, I don't know, like even just like that specific decision right there that I still remember, you know, like eight years later, um, it's just, you know, what, like, why not this and why not now, you know? And mm. like, like Deciding that something is good enough and that it doesn't have to be perfect, I think, is also um, just a really helpful way of thinking, you know, like that we don't have to have it all figured out right now. And just the next step is kind of all that matters. Um, I cannot remember what exactly you asked me, <laughs> but I kind of just meandered into my own answer. So No, that was perfect. And I love how it started so playfully, almost like a treasure hunt, like yeah. the outlet. You don't even know what you're going to find there. You find something, well, you know, what's the best that can happen with it? That let's, is my favorite thing. It. That is my favorite way to renovate anything. So I always like to go to like the tile outlet there. I have this one door store, a door shop. It's called Artie's Door Shop in Vancouver, Washington. And <laughs> here they have like this all, all door. Or, you know, they, like you can order doors from different things. But what they also do is um, like they have a bunch of like returned doors or damaged doors that they'll fix up or doors that people like ordered and never came and picked up. And like and so there's also kind of like this element of like a treasure hunt there. And so like I go in and like Artie knows me and, you know, he like walks me back and, you know, we just kind of like look around. He's like, oh, I have this really cool door that you could, you know, you should look at. And, you know, and so like, that's how I buy my, like, even just my doors. And I prefer it so much more than like, mm. you know, choosing something carefully online and then, mm. you know, ordering it, this perfect thing for your house. Because I feel like, I don't know, our homes, like how much more interesting is it to have a door that was, you know, part of a treasure hunt and that is like this mm. one of a kind piece, um, I, I think it's so much more interesting than having, you know, all of your doors match perfectly. Yeah. Um, and also it, when you look at it, it's, it has a story within it. It does. Yeah. I love that. So I when you it. completed the magical fireplace, what mm -hmm. happened to you? What kind of things did it do to your mood, how you were feeling? How did it affect your um, depression at the time? So I think that, I mean, there's one thing that I really love about like just doing projects like that in general. And it's kind of that you get to like, um, you know, you have something like a tedious, like a tedious task, you know, like something, a repetitive task. So, you know, like tiling is fairly repetitive. Um, and so you kind of get to like zone out and like watch a show or listen to a podcast, um, do that. And you get some like personal alone time. 
Um, and you know, I was doing that like while my kids were sleeping or, um, whatever. But then after the word, you know, like I made this beautiful thing and it changed the way that like I felt inside my home. And, um, it just gave me this sense of confidence that like, I didn't know how to tile before that. Like I didn't use spacers and I didn't, you know, I, I didn't even like, I didn't have a tile saw. So I called up a friend who had a tile saw and I marked all my tiles and then her, like her son cut it all for me because I was there with my babies and he was like, they probably shouldn't be around the saw. Um, and like, I think I just gained this, this confidence from doing that. You know, I like, I did this thing that like, I learned how to do something new. I changed the way I felt in my home. And I also like reclaimed something for myself. Like I had a little bit of alone time. I had, um, a purpose. And so I kind of just decided then and there that like, this was going to be my purpose. Um, you know, like every time Garrett left on a business trip, I was going to just work on a different spot in our home and surprise him with something. And it just became like a fun project and like a, yeah, something playful I got to do. Yeah. I love that. And that sense of purpose is so important. I think we can sometimes torture ourselves as mothers when we don't get enough of the sense of purpose from yeah. mothering. I um, started a, an agency, I ran an international agency for, for, for 10 years up until recently, actually. And I started it when my uh, first child was very young and I tortured myself for years thinking like, why do I need to to do this like why is it not enough for me to be at home with him um, and and now I just think god what wasted energy because <laughs> it's like we all we were all sort of wired so differently and we all kind of have a cup that we need to fill and that the way that that cup is going to be filled is going to be so different for all of us right um and it's just figuring once you sort of just understand that and simplify it a bit it's like I don't need to get into this complex thought process about guilt and why I'm not getting purpose here but I feel it here like just you just need to know that you need to feel it to be (laughs) to be like the best mum that you can be and it's just sort of figuring out where you get it from yeah and as you said at the beginning, some people do get that from um, being a full-time stay-at-home parent. Um, and some people need to get it from other places. And I, I don't think we need to overcomplicate that. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, I do think it's really interesting, though, that, like, I mean, just as we've been talking, like, realizing the ways that, you know, society kind of, like, you know, likes to put us in, like, this box. Yeah. And, um, and sometimes that box is really fulfilling for people. Um, and you know, that box is probably made for, you know, I don't know, by those people or whatever. Um, but, um, I don't know, but we're just so much happier (laughs) when we kind of like follow our own lead and, you know, follow our gut. Yeah. Um, And your art is like, you exploding out the box that's what I love about it like if there was anything that was going to represent that in a visual way it would be your murals (laughs) not murals (laughs) so so what happened next so you did the project you did another one you did another one like when did you get to the point where you thought I'm gonna take the leap and start to to make this into 
to my job? How did that come yeah. out? So my parents bought a house nearby um, that was dated. I think it was from like 1959. And I think the last time it had been updated was like in the 80s. You know, it had pink carpet and um, <laughs> like the whole the whole gambit. Um, and they needed it renovated, but they didn't want to do it themselves because they were just tired, <laughs> I think, essentially. <laughs> um, but they offered it to me to do. So they would pay for the materials and stuff if I would come in and renovate it for them. Um, and I just used it as practice. So mm. I, um, like, I didn't know how to do anything, you know, you know, I had tiled that fireplace and I had, um, you know, I did like a wood wall in my bedroom. So I, you know, I did use a saw once. Um, but for the most part, like I, I didn't know how to do anything. Um, and I had a newborn baby. So he was, um, nine weeks old when I started renovating this house and, um, and so I like, I gutted, you know, I tore out all the carpet and, um, all of the old, like really gross tile. And, um, I had to like tear down some walls and rebuild different walls. And, um, I wow. kind of just like taught myself with YouTube, um, how to do all of that. And, um, and then after I finished all of that, um, and like, I renovated the house. I put in like white tile and I painted all the walls a very mature gray because I just thought this is, you know, what an adult does with their home. You know, they have like, you know, mm. pale gray walls and like neutral furnishings <laughs> and like neutral decor. And, um, I mean, seriously, like I even like, as I was like buying art for myself, like around that time, I was also trying to buy really neutral art because I had seen it in friends' homes and it just looked, you know, like I just, they were fancy people. And so I wanted to be like yeah. a fancy grown-up adult. Um, so I started renting this house from my parents after that happened. Um, like, and, um, and we started living in this house with the gray walls and I started decorating it a little bit. Um, but I started... Anyway, so I started Banyan Bridges, um, kind of on a whim. A friend of mine saw that, um, like, the fixer-upper people were doing a, um, a creative casting call in, um, like, Waco, Texas. Like, you could go and work with them in Waco. Um, hmm. And, like, they didn't really care, like, what your specific skill set was. They just wanted, like, creative minds. And I was like, awesome. I'm a super creative mind. Like, I, like, I'm super weird. And, um, and so I started my Banyan Bridges account, started, um, the, like, uh, my website, um, just started it, like, as a business, like, right, like, over the course of a weekend and just, like, applied to this thing. And, um, like, I remember in the application thing, they specifically said, like, we're not looking for people to do, like, like, the fixer-upper, you know, Joanna Gaines style. We're looking for people that, like, have their own voice. And I mm. remember, like, looking around my house and being like, oh, nothing here is reflective mm. of who I am as a person and, like, my own distinct voice. So, um, I, like, <laughs> like, that was just a really big wake-up call for me personally. And, um, and then I, um, I just set a goal for myself. Like I, they didn't call me back, obviously. Like they were like, oh yeah, we've seen that. Um, anyway, but I took that as just kind of an invitation to start. So I decided that I was going to post every single day on Instagram for like the next year. And after a year I would have 365 posts. So I, um, I started just, you know, like decorating a corner of my house mm. and then taking photos. And um, maybe after like a month or two of doing this, I like, it just took a lot of work 
to decorate a corner and take a picture, which sounds silly, but like it did. Yep. It took like an entire day yep. for me to do it. And, um, and it wasn't really like going anywhere. Like I think I had like 200 followers and, um, I like, it was just a, a hard, like it, like, I guess the real thing is that it wasn't really inspiring anything. Mm-hmm. And, um, my, um, husband kind of mentioned, he was like, oh yeah, like, like he kind of mentioned that his style was a little bit different from my style, you know, which was obviously the gray stuff. And I was like, Oh gosh, I was like deeply offended. I was like, this is not my style. And, um, and so I took a moment, um, like I decided that, you know what, I can like take the week off of posting. I'm going to like create something interesting. So I took some of my husband's art and I took some leftover paint and I painted, like I kind of blew his art up on the wall and then I painted it. And it was the first mural I had ever painted. And, um, and it was his art because, you know, he was artistic and I was not. But it, um, like, I think it got, like, I posted it on Instagram and it got, like, 200 likes. And also it was just, like, different and interesting. Mm. And it was actually exciting to me. So then I um, found a pair of uh, vintage bed sheets that had, like, some rainbow stripes on them. And I painted those stripes around my living room. And I thought that that was the coolest thing. And then I just started, like, painting, like, a different mural at a time. And most of it was just like born out of like this is a really inexpensive medium you know like I can go to the hardware store and I can get little sample pots of paint for like three dollars a piece and um and so for like fifteen dollars I can have like a full like uh feature wall Mm. and um and so I just started creating creating and um like my aesthetic is very geometric it's very Mm. um like kind of it's very simple Um, and I mean, a lot of that is just born out of like, I didn't know how to do anything. And so like, this is a thing I could figure out. Like, I might not be able to like draw people, but like, I can make a square, you know, like I can like, I know my, my science, like I can make some geometric shapes up on the wall, you know, like I know that I can do that. And so I just kind of like played around with those and kept building and yeah. And here we are. I, it's so interesting to hear someone as creative as you and you know you've you've probably always had that inside of you it's been unleashed now but it's fascinating to hear that even you got sucked into the gray house oh my gosh right (laughs) like isn't it like isn't it um, it's fascinating to me how like if you think about when we're kids and we have all these dreams and like our imagination is like bubbling and when we think about adulthood and how we want to spend it and we want to stay up late and paint our room however we want to paint it and like live this big life and then we get there and we just become boring (laughs) (laughs) or we start to do things for other people and I think when you make decisions like you describe about your home you're doing that like you said because you saw other people and you're like oh this is like what a grown-up house looks like this is a symbol of you know, success. Maturity, yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then we just fall in into that trap. It's it's crazy how we all get sucked into it. And 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 I think people will be quite blown away to hear that, you know, someone is you know, you're so colourful and 
it's really hard to imagine you in a, a gray and white house. But I think, you know, it's really, it's great that you're, that, that we're able to share this and tell this story, because I think it just shows how those, that fixed mindset, those rails for, to adulthood, particularly when you've gone through a tricky life stage, becoming a parent, having some mental health issues, like we can so get stuck on these rails um, and we, we got to get off them. Yeah. So, um, one thing that I think it like, so for me, um, I like after painting these, um, like bold colors on the wall, I feel like I have just become a much bolder person. And I am actually like, I feel like I'm so much, um, truer to like myself and like who I actually am. Um, I like, like you were saying, you know, we do spend so much time like living for other people or trying to like impress other people, do all of that. Um, I remember like looking like back before I had painted any murals, I, um, or maybe like towards the start, I like the biggest trend on Instagram was just like all white walls, like yeah. wood, wood, and then like little hints of black here and there. Yeah. And I did think like, well, like I could become like a really popular account if I just like changed my aesthetic completely and just did that. Mm. And then I thought like I had this like, you know, like a slightly rebellious thought that was like, oh yeah, well, like maybe we could become super popular if we just did it our own way too. And, um, and so, you know, I just continued painting like the bold designs on the wall and I think that it was kind of like a a way of like affirming like who I was inside you know yeah. and then and just realizing that who I am inside like is pretty awesome too and um and the more my like house reflects who I am like the happier I am and like the weirder I get and like like and the weirder I get the happier I am too like yeah I'm like punching <laughs> the air over here I'm like, yes 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 preach um and and how amazing is color in this process so I'm kind of all about advocating for grown-ups to play because I think when we play um that's where we we find our authentic self and the more we more we play the more we we become actually who we want to be and and for me color is so instrumental in in play and expressing through color I think is such a simple way to get back your playfulness because a lot of adults actually they 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 genuinely forget how to have fun and um, when you've been like we were talking about through a, a real sort of identity shift you can be like i know i need more fun in my life but i literally don't know how to have fun like this genuinely mm. does happen and i think color is such a accessible way to start to take the steps back to finding joy and as you just described so beautifully the more you painted these bold colors on the wall the more you actually unlocked your true self and I just think that's so powerful I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about color and the effect that it has on you but also you must see in your work when you create these um these designs in people's homes you must see quite a a, a tangible like emotional reaction that they have I'd love to hear your experiences and observations of people like interacting with that joy of color absolutely I mean there is nothing more amazing than like the first like the first look at a new mural in your home 
um, all of a sudden you have this space that was kind of like white and like you didn't know what to do with it. It's bland. Um, and maybe just, you, you just don't even notice it, right? You don't notice your space. Um, and then all of a sudden it has like this bold color that is just covering the walls. Um, and it like, it just kind of like sparks something. Like you see like, um, like, I mean, that's really just it, like a, a spark in people's eyes of like, oh, like, oh, this is what it could be like. Oh, I had no idea that this was there. Oh, I had no idea that it would feel this way. And it just, it's a, you don't know, kind of like, I just feel like it's like reclaiming yourself, you mm. know, like seeing that it's like, oh, right, that's who I am, yeah. you know, like, yeah, totally. it's that. I I think we have such deep emotional connections to color and there's so many, there's endless shades of color as well. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like you can find a specific tone that really speaks to you and putting it around you. Uh, well, it's proven, it's proven in color psychology. It, it, it doesn't just change your mood. It can also change how you behave as well, which is absolutely incredible. Um, yes. And what you described about how it's almost like, because people say like, I want to wear more color, but I'm not really like a confident person or I feel too, um, you know, I don't want to like put myself out there. But I think, I think one comes with the other as you described. So you just got to do it, like take the plunge, start small, start somewhere and keep building up. Because I think as you've described there, the more you bring color, the colors that mean something to you, towards you, the more that you do end up just becoming more yourself more confident with it absolutely absolutely i mean like and definitely like i mean you can start small you know like get some yeah. colorful shoes you yeah. know like wear a colorful scarf or a t-shirt or something um but i mean it you really do just i don't know like at least for me i've just kind of i feel like i've woken up and all of a sudden i'm i'm myself you know yeah, I love that. So when did your uh, business really start to take off? Did you have like a post that went viral or how did it kind of really start to get traction behind it? Um, it's just been kind of like, it's just been kind of slow growth. I mean, yeah. um, I think in the first year of having my Instagram account, I think I gained about 5,000 followers. And, um, and then about six months after that, I had a friend um, who was living in Chicago and she invited me to fly, like a friend from Instagram. She invited me to come and do a mural in her house. And so she just paid my way and I came and did a mural within her space. And, um, and then a business saw that I was um, doing that and they were like, Hey, well, we want you to come to our space. So I went and did it for them. And then it just kind of snowballed. Like um, people just, you know, started requesting murals where they were. And, you know, I flew out and painted one for somebody's anniversary gift. And, um, and I mean, so it was just like one at a time. And I mean, during COVID, um, mm. and that was like all of last year, I didn't do any, um, I didn't travel at all for murals. Um, so I think the year before that, I probably did like five, let's say. And then during COVID, I maybe did like two to three local ones. Mm. Um, and then this year, um, like once I started traveling again, um, I I think my first one was in February. Um, I went on a trip to San Diego and did a mural for somebody. And then someone reached out and was like, hey, you're in the area. You want to come do one for me? And so I nice. like ended up extending my trip and doing three more murals. And then I started um, just doing these mural trips where I just go to a city and um, I'll probably do like six murals in that city. 
and um, and so it's wow. been a, a summer of a lot of travel, um, yeah. and a lot of um, a lot of murals, a lot of work. But so, yeah, so this is like a real explosive growth year for your business. This really is. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. And how do you find juggling with uh, kids and the family and traveling and being in demand? <laughs> how do you find that? <laughs> It's so hard. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? I like. I feel kind of um, ungrateful saying that it's very hard because I'm obviously so ridiculously grateful for like the opportunities and stuff. But like you know, I missed my kids' first day of school because I was um, in Washington D.C. painting some murals, and um, and I mean they were fine and they're you know it was great. They love their new school, but. Um, but, you know, like, I was really sad that I didn't get to be there for that. Mm. Um, luckily, like, I have a wonderful partner who works from home. And so, you know, he's here. He takes care of all the kids' stuff. Um, my sister lives nearby. And so we've hired her. Or, like, we had hired her during the summer um, and during the school year to be our nanny part-time for the kids. Um, to You know, so we could both work. Um, so I do have that awesome support at home. Yeah, but, I mean, but it's it's hard to balance um, being creative, um, having a family, um, running a business and like actually like myself too, you know, like I, yeah. I feel like I usually get the leftovers, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, um, you know, like if, if anything's sacrificing, it's my personal alone time mm. and, um, and just like my rest time. So that's and, the thing I'm, I'm working on. And how do you, yeah, how do you do that? Because when I have creatives on the show, people that have essentially turned their play into their work, I'm always really interested, like how your relationship changes with that. Because when we think back to that fireplace and we talked about it was just purely for fun um mm-hmm. it was for you it was intrinsically motivated it was uh no pressure pressures off and then now obviously with your business I'm sure you know you're super passionate about it and you still really love the process but it does change when it's for work it's commissioned you've got a customer um you've got a brief you've got a budget that you're working with that's that's different to you in your home doing it for play and for pleasure how how have you sort of navigated that transition and do you still feel that sense of playfulness at work and how do you kind of keep that alive before it turns into a job? (laughs) Uh, That's that's actually like a really hard one. I'm not sure exactly how to do it. Like I, um, I love what I'm doing and like, and I love being able to travel and like meet different people Mm. and kind of like get a, an insight into their world. Like I was just at a summer camp, um, painting a mural and I got to talk to the, like the owners of the summer camp, you know, and, um, got to, I don't know, figure out or like hear about like why they started it in the seventies, you know, so they could like create their own like culture and environment around them. And, um, and, and then I got to, you know, do a mural for somebody who, um, created this cafe, um, for, like specifically um, run by people with disabilities um, because her daughter was, um, she has a daughter with Down syndrome about the same age as mine and, um, and just her experience working with people in the, um, like in the Down syndrome community, um, you know, helped her gain 
I don't know, the perspective and like the, yeah. the idea to do this. And mm. like, I mean, I get to like live in a lot of different worlds, which is really wonderful, mm. but I also don't get a lot of time, <laughs> a lot of like downtime. So for me, like the most restful things I do and like the like most restorative things, like it's not usually creative, which, um, I don't know if that's disappointing, but like usually it's like it's like me like laying down on the couch and like watching a show for like three hours, um, and just kind of being able to like just just yeah. rest and rest um, is important. It is so important. It is. Um, yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that you're doing that. I'm glad that you're resting as well. I think um, I read an article recently that I really liked with the expression uh, work. Uh, work-life sway as opposed to work-life balance because oh, yeah. I, I wasted a lot of time trying to chase this everyday balance which is just impossible in my job and also just my energy and sort of cycles of creativity and and all of that sort of stuff I found it impossible to chase this ideal day where everyone was getting an equal amount of my time and energy and what the work-life sway is more about is it's more kind of like seasons um, and you kind of you know take from that what you will depending on your circumstances and the context of your family but for me it's like right now I'm in a period of like I'm kind of a little bit more in work mode than mum mode I've just been in an intense (laughs) mum mode phase and although the kids need like consistency and I try and make sure they get that that everyone in the family knows like right now for the next sort of period of time I'm going to be quite intense working on my business and then I'll pop up out of it and the sway will be readdressed so I quite liked that expression that sort of helped me yeah think about it in a more sort of realistic term like chapters and you know maybe you have a period where you feel like oh my god I just haven't been there at the moment but I can change that now and I can sway and I can kind of come back I had somebody um, tell me a little while ago um, that, like, when I was talking about, you know, like, mom guilt, or, like, I was kind of feeling guilty that I didn't feel guilty, (laughs) you know, that I, like, I was enjoying my work so much, and, you know, like, I felt a little bit guilty about that, and because I was listening to other women who were talking about how, like, their family and their children were, like, the whole, like, reason that they were doing their business, and I was like, oh, mine's not, like, mine's entirely for myself, like, I love what I'm doing just for me. And um, anyway, then what the person said was that, like, what a gift you're giving your kids that they get to see somebody do something they're passionate about, that they, you know, get to watch you, like, work hard and create something wonderful. And so that's kind of what I, like, I try to remind myself when I am, when this way is towards work, you know, and I'm not spending as much time with my kids. Like, how cool is it that they know that their mom is an artist and that, um, like, they could be an artist if they wanted, or they can create whatever they want for out of their lives. Yeah, and and, and I think the business that you've built uh, about the journey that you've been on and coming from a place, you know, quite a dark place to a super colorful place, like what an amazing story to share Absolutely. with your kids and to, to live that and to share that to them. I just want to kind of close with talking a little bit about um, parenting um, and just curious as as working in a creative field and the journey that you've had and you've seen how much impact that sort of play and tactile engagement with art has had on how you feel how has that affected how you're raising your kids do you 
bring in a lot of creativity into spending time together is that sort of changing your philosophies at home like I'm just really interested in like what impact that's had on your parenting the experience of your sort of career journey that's actually a really good question um I mean like my instinct I try. as, as <laughs> good job um my instinct as a parent is like when my kids are like hey I want to paint I'm like oh my gosh that's gonna be such a mess you know and I like I don't want to paint with them even though that is my job and my entire like I paint constantly and I'm like it's just paint like you can clean it up it's not a big deal I'm like oh that's such a big deal um so like I am trying to like be better about that and actually like paint with them like I bought a bunch of canvases because my one son was asking to do some murals with me and um and and like right now we're we're packing up and we're getting ready to move um and so I like we aren't going to be painting any more murals in our house but I was but so I bought a bunch of canvases so that we can start doing that together this is definitely out of some mom guilt here you know as you know my (laughs) instinct is like no let's play something really tidy so I don't have to do anything um but yeah, so we're going to do that. We have an art sec- an art station in our kitchen. It's like a little desk area and it's just covered in tons of art supplies. And so yep. our kids like to go and, you know, just draw and paint and kind of my, my, um, eight year old, she loves watercolors. Um, and they all kind of are like weird in their own way. You know, they've got their own little things that they're always working on. And, um, you know, my, um, my nine year old has, a a character he's created called bone dog, which is a dog that's made out of bones and he changes colors depending on what mood he's in. And um, I know, right. I thought that was pretty fantastic. I was real proud when he uh, brought that up. It was like, wow. And and do you feel like you've got quite an alert radar to creativity almost? Cause that conversation we had at the beginning about how, you know, in, in children, we you know the advice that you were given to become a doctor and the fact that maybe you weren't identified as someone who was artistic or creative um do do you sort of have an an alert a radar to their creativity and you're kind of looking for ways to bring that out obviously not um trying to make them into painters I'm not saying Mm -hmm. that but just more about your relationship with fostering creativity in whatever direction that comes out absolutely so my oldest is um like he's really smart I mean he's you know ahead in math and reading like he's in all of those advanced classes and so what I am always trying to praise him for and like kind of acknowledge and like nurture more is just like his artistic side you know and like the creative and weird things he does I love Mm. to like kind of put the emphasis more on that um Mm. just because I know that like throughout his life, he is going to be, you know, like expected and kind of pushed academically. Mm -hmm. And so the more he can, you know, foster his creativity and even just like, you know, and that, like that side of himself, like the, I think the happier he's going to be and maybe the, like, it'll just help him be a little bit more balanced as well. I love that. It's like, it, it is, um, well, as you demonstrated in your story, it is like a a self-care tool almost being able to tap him, tap into your, creativity even if it doesn't come into your professional career as you described there perhaps is going to go down a more academic path being able to access it as a self-care tool I think is so important to, to teach kids yeah me too 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Wow, what a brilliant conversation. I have loved talking to you and hearing your journey to Muriel's. Um, it's been it's been really inspiring and yeah, just just so interesting to hear how how it all started and how you've span it into this awesome business. I'm so jealous of all your traveling. Um, I still Thank haven't got back to traveling yet, um, but hopefully, hopefully soon. Um, and yeah, I, you know, keep going and we will be tuned in to all of the awesome creations I'm sure you're going to come up with um, for the rest of the year. Thank you so much, Emma. It was a pleasure talking with you. I consider you my um, diastema twin, you know, our um, our tooth gaps, you know, like yes. we are, you know, we're, we're tooth, teeth sisters. Yeah, yeah. Now us gappies have to stick yes. together. <laughs> I think maybe we need to like collab on a mural that's gap inspired. <laughs> oh my gosh, let's do it. Celebrate the gap. Okay, it's on, it's on. <laughs>